0: What's up Hey there, welcome to this edition of Build Your Tribe. Today you're in for a treat. I've got a great interview with one of my favorite people and we're talking about a topic that's been bugging me lately. And that topic is relationships. The relationships that we have to build because, you know, we're trying to grow our network, we're trying to grow our business, we're trying to create connections. And oftentimes it can feel really, I don't know, salesy or slimy to be quote unquote, intentionally networking. And sometimes it can be really fun and rewarding. And I've created some amazing relationships, specifically being a podcaster. I've met so many amazing people. But I've also, if I'm going to be honest, I've also felt very used. And I feel like I've been bamboozled by someone who, not just one person, but like this happened on multiple occasions. So partly this conversation is to help me figure out like what I've been doing wrong so that I have a better sense of when I am getting involved with someone where it's going to be a Fully one-sided relationship. So today I brought on my friend Jordan Harbinger. He's the host of the Jordan Harbinger show. I'm sure you're familiar with it. It is by far one of the most dominating podcast shows available. He gets 11 million downloads per month. Is that insane? But the reason why is legitimate. If you listen to his show, you know what I'm talking about. He gets the most unbelievably cool, interesting, fascinating guests so I think a lot of podcasters tend to just keep bringing on whoever has a book that's coming out. Jordan doesn't do that. He sniffs out the most fascinating, riveting stories. And they're stories where there's a takeaway. You know what I mean? Like you can learn something about human behavior and relationships and con artists and Every one of his shows I find to be incredibly fascinating. He's an exceptional interviewer. I've learned so much from listening to him. To this day, I am just blown away at how well-prepared he is and the questions that he hits his guests with. I'm never expecting them. I'm like, oh, my God, I would have never thought to ask that, but I'm so glad he did. Or sometimes you're like, oh, I wish he would ask, and boom, he asked that question for you. So I will link to a couple of my favorite Jordan Harbinger Show episodes below, as well as one where he tells his own story, because I think that's kind of fascinating too. Jordan is super funny. He's got a definitely a comedic style, so hopefully you're not easily offended because he uses a lot of sarcasm, even in his own show. And I love that personally. We're both from Michigan, so I love his sense of humor. He, he's dry. He tells it like it is. He's super sarcastic, but he's an honest guy and he's legit. I met him when I first started podcasting. I think I said like, what, in 2012 and since that time he's been nothing but incredibly generous with me and has never asked me for a thing. Honestly, after I finished the interview I'm like I felt kind of guilty cuz I'm thinking what have I done for Jordan? I got to figure that out because he's a cool dude and he's about to be super generous with you with his his knowledge, his perspective and he has a very specific approach to networking that is authentic. It's how he lands these amazing guests and he's got such great relationships like Anytime I meet someone who also knows him, it's interesting. They always go, oh, yeah, he's a good friend of mine. He just makes people feel that way because he's generous. All right. Well, let's get to it. Without further ado, Jordan Harbinger. Jordan, thank you so much for joining me today. You know, I was just texting back and forth with you about this kind of like thing that's been bugging me lately. Yeah. Which was interesting because I was trying to sort it out myself. This idea of like, okay, networking versus using versus social climbing – we know networking is like really powerful. Frankly, you've got probably so many stories to share with how it saved your business. Definitely. But, so then I was like, you know, I'm gonna go. I know that I listen to your show all the time. It's amazing, and I'm gonna Appreciate link. That. I'm gonna link to my favorite episodes. Okay. Below our in our show notes, I remembered. Oh, Jordan's got that course on networking. So, right. And it's free. So I downloaded it, and I'm going through it. I'm like, oh, you know what this is like. What people think is networking versus what bugs me, Mm -hmm. they're two different things. You said, let's just talk about it. So here we are.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad to be able to do this because a lot of people refuse to network because they're like, I don't want to be a gross salesy person. And those are the people that need to. And then the people that are gross salesy people who have no qualms with being transactional and running all over people and using other people they seem to be getting ahead through networking, which then reinforces this negative stereotype that networking is only for like people that are despicable or annoying or grifters. Yeah. It's like, it's unfair. It's unfair to networking and it's unfair to people who need to use relationships and have good relationships to be successful, which is literally everyone else, right? Well, when I
0: think about my own experience, like even today, I was thinking about like, okay, certain situations where that worked out okay. But more often than not, I feel like, man, I got used and abused in that situation. And so it's rubbed me the wrong way. And because of that, I almost have this like post-traumatic networking disorder where I just, I don't want to be invited to anything. And I don't want anyone to introduce me to anyone because I'm afraid that they're going to ask all these things of me.
1: You know, it's funny. This happens when you're in the wrong environment. Not that it's your Mm. fault, but I mean, when you're in these environments, I get invited to, and I have to be like diplomatic about how I do Mm -hmm. this, but I get invited to this like, mastermind group camp of people who are relatively successful. I'll leave it at that. And I went to this thing. I've gone to these before with groups of people, not the same organization, but like I've gone to events like that are similar and they're great and everyone's so nice and da, da, da. And the best ones have what they call like a no selling rule. And it's very strictly enforced where you can't be like, do this thing for me and I'll do this thing for you. Like deals or whatever get made, but you can't sort of be annoying about it. Well, this event did not have that. Mm. And so I stopped going to meals and I stopped going to every single activity that they had other than the talks that I was giving, because you'd sit down and someone would sit down with you and they'd be like, Hey, Jordan, what's going on, man? You're like, Hey. And then two minutes later, I got to come on your show, man. I got a fascinating story about how I learned how to be an ebook, Amazon bestseller sales guru. And I'm like, I'm just going to go eat this in my (laughs) cabin. And so I stopped, I like stopped leaving. Imagine going to an event where you're afraid to leave your hotel room. That's not a good event. I've been there.
0: Yeah. Well, let's define networking then.
1: Yeah, it's tough because networking is a dirty word. So I often will say like networking and relationship development, which are literally like the same thing. But what, what I prefer to think of it as is literally just making friends, except maybe you're curating a friend group that is, a little bit more in line with your business, but ideally not really. Ideally you're just surrounding yourself with good people. And this is, it sounds overly simplified and in a way it kind of is, but I will say that you never really know who you're gonna be able to help and who's gonna be able to help you. So the idea that you should, all right, let me back up. We've seen these people who make friends when they're like trying to get a top podcast and suddenly they like, won't leave you alone. They wanna hang out, they wanna do this, they wanna do that, they wanna help you with something. And then as soon as they move on to like TikTok or Instagram, you're dead to them, they won't return your calls. It's like they're doing a huge freaking favor if you call them and say like, hey man, you got this thing that you wanted me to do for you and it's done now, finally. You know, it's like they've ghosted you. Yes. So I prefer to not worry about what someone can do for me. I prefer to just look at what I can do for other people. And I know that sounds Pollyanna, but the truth of the matter is, if you're looking for what you, other people can do for you, it, you almost can't help but be transactional. Like, oh, I better cozy up to Shalene. She knows a lot about marketing, I don't know, video courses, whatever it is. So then you, I'm your BFF for like three months. And you're like, this Jordan guy's great. And then three months after, I'm like, I've launched my course. I'm like, whatever. And then when you call or text me, it takes me like six months to reply to you. And you, you know, then you're like, yeah, you get PTSD. Oh, Jordan was just using me. Now I feel like an idiot and I wasted my time. And that happens a lot. But if I'm looking at this from a totally different angle, like what can I do for other folks? I don't care if somebody just moved to Silicon Valley where I live and they're like uh, working at Google and the other guy works at some startup about health, fitness, whatever. And I don't even know what they do because I'm not thinking, how can this person help me later, right? Mm. I'm just thinking good people. And I'm also thinking, what can I do for them? Oh, I can show them around the neighborhood. They're new to the area. They're from another country. I'm using a real example of my new neighbors who uh-huh. work at Google and are from France. And and so I don't have to think about the transactional element of it, which keeps me then from being transactional at all. Because since there's no unstated agenda that I have, hidden agenda, unstated goal of like getting them to do something for me, then it's really kind of impossible for me to come across as a user transactional baggy guy because- it's not being hidden the problem is most people they keep score secretly and they have a hidden agenda secretly right so if you think about this in a, a lot of times people might have trouble wrapping their mind around this but for especially for the ladies out there a dating example is very apt you know that guy who drives you to the airport all the time and you think is just your friend and then like three years in he had a bunch of whiskey and talked about how much he loved you and hates all your boyfriends that's what this is like for everyone when you're trying to network but really you're just trying to get in my pants I don't know if I made that metaphor clear enough or if I tortured it, but I think everyone understands.
0: You make me laugh. That's
1: what it is though, right? Because it's like if if I'm like hanging out and we're having lunch and doing workouts and you're like, this Jordan guy's pretty cool. I have a friend and then I don't talk to you after you teach me how to launch a video course. That's pretty much the same thing. It's Mm -hmm. like- Oh, they found out that I'm not interested in them romantically, so I'm never, I've never heard from Trevor again. Where is he? Oh, he never really wanted to be my friend in the first place, right? That's what it's like with this networking thing. So the idea of being transactional, you can't hide it and you shouldn't hide it. The idea is you shouldn't be it in the first place. You shouldn't be doing it in the first place. And if you don't do it in the first place, you're still going to get ahead. People go, well, I need to look out for myself. I need to get opportunities You don't need to figure out exactly who you're going to get them from and then go for them without mercy because that is going to make you look bad and it is going to screw with your relationships. But most importantly, you don't know the most helpful people in your life. You just think you do because you've got it all mapped out in your little calculating brain. Yeah. But the people that have helped me the most are not people that I'm like, I need to get something from them and we're going to be friends and they're people that have come out of nowhere. And I'm like, this person is awesome. I'm so glad that we're friends.
0: Here's the thing that I struggle with when I think about all of everything you said is absolutely true. I just don't think that the average person has the self-awareness to realize that they're doing this and that it's super obvious. And I also think that there are those people who who are very aware. That's the other thing I want to talk to you about. The people who are very aware that they're doing this. They don't even really like the people that they're networking with, but they know it can give them a leg up. It gives them clout. It gives them mm-hmm. you know, social status, whatever. And they don't like them. They would never hang out with them in real life, but they feel like they can do something for me right now. Case in mm-hmm. point, a friend of ours, you know, acquaintance, who yeah. we think is like really cool. We saw them like getting sucked into somebody else's like, you know, oh, that no. whole thing where we had been used and abused. And I said to my husband, like, we should like text them and like, I don't know, kind of give them the heads up. And he said, they know, they, they huh. definitely know. They know. you know. Huh? And, and so what's that? And that's just how they decide to do business, I guess.
1: Yeah. Look, I have my own opinion on it. And my opinion is- Share it. <laughs> it's kind of like, I'm going to give you a ridiculous example. Getting into, into business with the mafia, right? You kind of know what you're doing and you think you can control it and you think you're just going to dip your toes in that water. But then you don't because the other party has its own agenda and they have all the power. So if you think, well, I really shouldn't deal with this person because they're a freaking scumbag, but, you know, I'm just going to take the knowledge and I'm going to divorce myself from their ethics and I'm just going to learn from them regardless of who they are as a person. You are kidding yourself when you do that.
0: Instagram is its own beast. It is so huge. It's like five platforms in one. How do we take a platform that changes almost every week and help people? The answer is we need to create a membership site, and that's exactly what we did. We created a club, a membership portal, a place for people like you who want to know just specifically about Instagram. Maybe you showed up on the platform a little after everybody else did, and you feel so behind the eight ball. Or maybe you love Instagram, it's your jam, but you just don't have the time to read the case studies and to constantly be figuring out how the algorithm is changing. Like you literally need someone to do all of that research for you. You need a place where you can log in, you can type your query and a tutorial that has been filmed within the last couple of weeks pops up that teaches you exactly how to do it. Brock and I will be going live inside the Insta Club Hub. This is a membership site that is going to blow your mind. If you're trying to reach more people, the right kind of people, like real, live, targeted followers, the kind of people who want to do business with you, and you want to do that on Instagram, you want to take advantage of the Instagram algorithm, Insta Club Hub is for you, and you're going to be blown away. To learn more, go to instaclubhub.com. That's instaclubhub, H-U-B, dot com. And of course, there's a clickable link in our show notes to make it really simple for you. As with any industry, there are people who are predatory. There are people who are unscrupulous. Yeah. And then, and there's really great people who are doing it the right way. Unfortunately, yeah. just like with networking, it's all the people who are doing it the shitty way that yeah. just have give it this overwhelming bad reputation. yeah. So, and it's true of anything. Yeah. I will
1: also add that there are way more sort of shitty and and in any industry, frankly, if you're willing to cut throats and be bad and not have good relationships. So these people that are doing this networking thing where they're using people Mm -hmm. all the time, you think you can get in bed with those people and be not used by them, but you are wrong and you are going to lie down with dogs and get fleas. And then when other people don't want to do business with you, you can't really be that surprised Because now you are tainted. Now you are on stage with, I'm trying so hard not to mention names, but if I do, you're going to have to bleep it. Yeah. You know, you end up on stage at this person's event. And wow, you sold so many whatever's courses, but now you're on stage with this guy who's like a psycho fake real estate mogul or internet marketer guy. Sure. And then when they get indicted for tax fraud, you're like, gosh, oh my, oh no, who knew? And the answer is everyone, including you. You just didn't give a crap because you made a hundred grand in a weekend mm. and you rationalized their behavior because you had to do it to rationalize your own behavior. Mm.
0: And But people don't remember that. You know, like I, I'm thinking of people who I, you're probably referring to. yeah and maybe some that you aren't that I'm aware of and I just think the general public first of all they don't know this is happening they don't see it and that's the thing that drives me crazy is like it's so inauthentic but yet it is also effective And so here's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about those people who know, oh, I want to go to that event, like you mentioned, because Mm -hmm. so-and-so is going to be there and I got to get on their podcast or I got to get a photo with them because they might tag me on their Instagram and I'll go up in followers and I'm just going to keep, you know, doing all these things to like kiss their ass, kiss their ass. And it's almost like scheduled and it's very intentional. And then once they have what they need, then, you know, they're on to the next thing or next person. And frankly, it's effective.
1: Yeah, it can be. The problem is, it's a very empty way to run a business. The relationships are very weak, because now you're like, like, I'm not trying to get philosophical and be like, it's a sad way to live your life, which by the way, it totally is. It is. is. But also, those relationships are very transactional. Like, look, if I lost my business tomorrow, hypothetically, because that already happened. And then I called you and I was like, this happened to me, you would help me because that's what you did last time. I got totally screwed over. How much are you going to get help if the people that were using you only cared about what you could do for them? By the way, the person we're definitely talking about and whose name we're not mentioning, one of them anyway, was the only person out of hundreds that I contacted and was like, oh, well, if you're just starting over, then there's nothing I can really do for you. And I was like, you're one of the people who has a high visibility in this area you could definitely help me and they chose not to because Mm. they didn't actually care about me they only cared about what i could do for them and what i had done for them in the past meant absolutely nothing what's funny is now that my show is more popular than theirs they're like yo dude and i'm like go fly a kite that's the (laughs) pg-13 rating of what i actually was thinking. right you can
0: say it we can beep it
1: yeah like go yourself (laughs) because i I was like, no, you just want, you thought I was out of the game. Now, not only am I back in the game, I'm kicking your ass. And that really stings because all you had to do was not be a total dickhead for like five minutes when I was down. But instead, you just kicked me and then ignored it. And I'm like, you're a bad person. And now Mm -hmm. I realize just 2020 hindsight, age 42, benefit of some life experience, all your relationships are like that, man. Yeah. Like when I look at him, I go, You don't even have any friends. Everyone to you is a transactional fleeting. What can they do for me now? What can I do for them? Let's tag each other on Instagram relationship. You don't have any friends. So it's pathetic and it's not effective.
0: Not to turn this into a therapy session, but I think the reason why this bugs me so much, if I'm going to be completely self-aware, is because I get angry at myself that I fall for it regularly. Mm Mm-hmm and and then i'm i'm angry i'm like why why did i do that again I, i'll meet someone i'm like i just really like them i want to give mm-hmm. them this opportunity i want to you know send emails about this and help them promote that and and they're so cool and i'm buying it like hook line and sinker yeah you're a nice person and then I'm so mad at myself when I, you know, send them a text like, hey, do you know someone who blah, blah, blah. And I'm ghosted. And I sound like, Mm -hmm. I'm like, wow. I mean, I got the message responses so fast when you needed something from me. But since I've delivered now, you can't like even respond. And then I'm mad at myself. So how do we spot these things?
1: I do feel you. I mean, look, there's two sort of schools of thought here. And I'll tell you which one I am after I explain this. The one is you can test people, right? You can ask people to do small things for you. But the problem is if they really are going to use you, they're going to do those small things for you. You can also, I guess this is 1A or 1B, you can also say no to things early on and be like, oh, well, you know, I do like them and they are really cool, but I'm not going to do this one right now because I don't know them that well. And if their reaction is, hey, no problem, we just met anyways, and then they're cool for the next few years, then okay. But if their reaction is, oh, well, then you're dead to me and I'm going to stop talking to you, then you know what kind of person they actually are. Because normal, mature adults can hear the word no, especially when it's given reasonably and they can respect a boundary and they don't have an emotional tantrum or decide to end a relationship over it. So I've kind of started doing that. And it's a little bit annoying, but you know what? It's better than getting screwed over. The other option, and this is what I do most of the time, Mm -hmm. is... I am nice to people and I do give people an opportunity and if they don't help me back or something like that, I just don't even worry about it because it's more important for me to be a nice person who's a giving person than it is for me to be a person who like didn't, they didn't get one over on old Jordan. I don't really care. (laughs) I've got unlimited capacity to be nice and helpful and kind. It doesn't get drained by somebody who's an a-hole, especially because only like one out of a hundred people are really going to be like true user a-holes in my experience. And so- Whatever. It's the cost of doing business. That works for them, but kind of also doesn't, right? Because yes, they're getting ahead, but they're alone and they Mm. don't have anybody they can lean on. And by the way, if they hit a speed bump tomorrow, not only are people not going to help them because that's the kind of relationships that they have, but a lot of people are going to be slow clapping and laughing at them in the background yeah. as they stumble and fall. We've like, seen that, it
0: happen a lot this year.
1: We have seen it happen. And when you see somebody who, who has used you or was jerked you or didn't help you when you needed it, and you see them getting canceled online, I can't say that I'm like, oh, I feel bad for him. I'm like, you know what? If you were at the edge of that cliff and I could rescue you, I probably just wouldn't bother doing it. <laughs> and I don't need to pile on, but I'm certainly not going to help. Right? And, right? and I see that, and I'm like, I know if that happened to me, I'd have so many people helping me out because I did. I did have a business problem four or five years ago that was quite public and hundreds of people came to my aid because I had real relationships with people. I had real. real social capital and the best insurance that you could never buy with money because I had helped people when they needed it without asking for anything in return. I wasn't keeping score. I didn't have a hidden agenda. I wasn't always be closing. I was always be generous, always be ABG instead of ABC, right? And that served me well over a long period of time. Being cold and calculating is not only hard, it's you get lower return on investment. So I know what you're saying about this being helpful or that working for certain people who do it, but I will say this. Even if you're a cold, calculating psychopath who has no feelings, (laughs) it's actually still better to help other people without the expectation of anything in return because you build stronger allies and relationships that way. It's actually a worse strategy to just use people and be transactional, even if you hate people and you want to see them miserable, it's still a better strategy to do this the nice way and the right way because long-term the dividends are higher. So when people do it the wrong way, I'm not thinking, man, they're just really taking advantage of the system. I'm thinking not only
0: are you kind of a bad person, but you also just don't have a good long-term strategy. You're just not that smart. Mm. You know, I think the general thesis here is you have to be patient to build the kind of relationships that you've built and you have to be selfless. Like, yeah. you, like you said, you can't be in it for you. But yet everything that we're taught about networking is like, you know, you got to get out there and you got to ask for it. And you've, sure. you, you've got to keep, you know, asking people what you can do for them. But I don't know that anyone ever talks about, you know, the steps that it takes in terms of networking, meaning like, what can I do for you? And how can I serve you? That's what we're taught when it comes to networking. But I don't think anyone ever talks about what should happen after you do finally get some kind of a payoff. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because yes. again, there are those and I think networking is very valuable and and a lot of the things in fact that you teach in your your course, which is free by the way, I'll link to it below. I and mean, it's easy, it's simple, it's quick. Love that. You know, those things I don't think there and maybe I'm not to that part yet where what happens after we've formed the relationship and that person does something nice for me? Like, how do we maintain that? And and there's this need to, I mm-hmm. think, in order to be authentic. Because if it's not truly a friendship or a relationship, is it transactional?
1: Yeah. I mean, look, there are friendships that are maybe seemingly more transactional. Like, I, I'm friends with the guy who created my website. Because I keep referring him clients mm-hmm. and whenever I have a problem with my website, instead of him charging me hourly for it, he's like, man, this is the least I can do. You've sent me like $20,000 in business. And I'm not thinking, better keep referring Greg clients so he keeps fixing my site for free. Yeah, He's just doing it because he's good and he understands this game and he's also a good person. And that's why I'm referring him clients because it doesn't take me any time to make an email referral to somebody who does a good job. It also makes me look good. right? right? So these sorts of transactions they actually make everyone look good. They're not non-transactions. They're just not transactional in that they're not zero-sum, right? It makes, it's win-win-win, everyone looks good and everyone makes out in the end. And so to maintain these kinds of connections or friendships with other people, it's really not that hard. I reach out to people probably on average in my network once every six months, unless I reach out to them more often for another reason. And I see what they're doing. And if I know anybody who can help with what they're doing, I ask if they want that introduction. I don't have to make somebody a free graphic design package or something like that to keep them in my circle. I just say, hey, what are you doing? Oh, nothing. I just started this new product line and it's plastic balloon animals that you can put on your bookshelf, right? (laughs) And I need a website for it. And I'm like, well, let me know if you need a web guy. I have a really good one. Or if you, you know, hey, I have a payment processor that like has been really reliable if you need that. Actually, that wouldn't be bad. Make that introduction, done. That's all the value you need. I don't have to come over and hand paint that thing gold in your living room, Right. right? It's very minor and you can do this a hundred times a month before you even make a dent in your free time because it's just an email introduction to somebody else that's already in your Rolodex. So your value is not, it's not like money. It's not some sort of high ranking or highfalutin connection. It really is just connecting nodes in your network to other people. And that's one of the reasons why it works even if you don't have money. The like college kids will be like, I don't, I don't know anyone. I'm broke. And I'm like, well, you can change one of those things probably inside the course of a year. You're not going to become rich in a year, but I bet you you can meet and get contact info for a lot of really uh, hard to contact and important people because right now what you do have is time. So I got connected to Mark Cuban through somebody who was like 26 years old. How did that happen? Well, they tracked down Mark Cuban's contact info, emailed him. Mark was like, yeah, would love the intro, made the email intro. So now I got this kid who's 24, who wasn't even graduated yet. And I'm like, this is the guy who introduced me to a billionaire. And you probably never expected that from that relationship. Of course not. And the kid hasn't asked me for anything. But if he was like, hey, Jordan, was wondering if you could put me in touch with so-and-so at said company because I really want a job there. I'm like, this kid gets it. You should totally hire him. Here's a manager there. This guy's great. You should ask him questions about what it's like to get hired at, I don't know, Google. And now he's got that connection for me in a warm introduction. And what did he do? He introduced me to somebody that he knew I'd be interested in. And how did he figure out who that person was? Frickin' Google or asking around or trying a few things here and there. I mean, that it's not that hard to do.
0: Would you say then... Perhaps one of the biggest mistakes that we make is going and thinking strategically about a very specific industry or a specific 100%. type of person.
1: Yeah, one hundred. And so,
0: what what is your advice for that person who's like, I, I don't want to do it the wrong way. I want to do it the right way. Some mistakes to avoid, and yeah, that would be helpful. So, so a,
1: instead of ABC, always be closing. Do the ABG, which is like always be giving, always be generous. Right. That what that means is don't keep score. If you do something for somebody. Yes, they kind of owe you one. Just let it go if they can't help you. Don't try and pressure them for something. Certainly don't say, hey, remember that time I introduced you to Mark Cuban? Really need a job now. That is rubbing everyone the wrong way, right? So ABG, also make sure that you are digging the well before you get thirsty is what I say in this course all the time. So you need to build relationships before you need them. Mm. Don't reach out to somebody and be like, so I lost my job or, hey, I just graduated and I'm trying to get hired. Where were you when you were a junior and you knew you were going to work in this industry? Why weren't you making inroads? Look, if you're a junior in college, you don't know this stuff. It's forgivable. But when you're 35 and you need a relationship for something, but you haven't made any of those inroads and dug that well before you get thirsty that's a you problem right Right. so start now and dig the well before you get thirsty it's not that hard all this means is reaching out to people and helping people out before you need something and for god's sake don't do where you email them and then two days later you ask them for something don't pretend you're not thirsty when you are parched (laughs) and then be like so what's going on this is what people do. right to speaking of mlms oh man, I just heard from this guy in high school that I haven't heard from in 20 years. He wants to get a beer. And then you show up and he's like, have you ever heard of prepaid legal? And you're like, yeah. damn it. Check, please. Right? right, right. Don't do that. Don't sugarcoat this and pretend that it's something else when it's not. Or the That's person who's
0: like, I, I love your podcast. I've got this book coming out. You're like,
1: "Right, probably yeah. never listened to it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And that happens all the time. It's better to write someone and be like, by the way, I love your podcast and then tell them, start a relationship, don't ask for anything. And then two years later when you have a book come out, the last thing I'm going to think is, so you were just buttering me up for two whole years before right. you even started writing the book? That's a little bit insane. I would not think that, right? And even if you did think two years ahead, well, that's good. You're a skillful planner. But the idea <laughs> is dig that well before you get thirsty, build relationships before you need them. And when you do have those relationships, give, 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 don't keep score. Of course, there's something to be said for boundaries, but you know that's another topic for another time. Mm. And you really can't go wrong if you're being generous and you're creating relationships and you're introducing people to one another and you're not keeping score and thinking that they owe you one, which, by the way, is the quickest way to poison the well. There's no better way to get mad at someone than to think that they owe you something. It's called a covert contract, Mm, right, right. where I decided that since I did something for you, you owe me something. And then when you say no, now I'm mad at you because I think you owe me that when really there's nothing there. And I could put that into a dating context, but I really don't think I need to because no. that one is really obvious.
0: You're right. But, you know, I'm guilty of that. There's people that I was never anticipating it was going to be one-sided and then realize, you know, if I'm being honest, that I did so much for them that when they don't do anything in to reciprocate, when they have an opportunity to, I'm annoyed. That's the key. When
1: they had an opportunity to, right? Yeah. And it's something that's not a big ask. You're not like... No. Yeah, I picked her coat up off the floor. So now she has to book me on Ellen, right? Like I get that there's there's like an, a difference of thing. If yeah. I introduce somebody to a web guy and then I need a referral to their graphic designer and they say no, then I'm like, what the hell is your problem? But if I introduce somebody to my web guy and then I'm like, can you put me on the inside cover of your book? That's a reasonable boundary to to to, <laughs> to draw, okay? So, but the other thing that you mentioned was if they have an opportunity to do so. A lot of people- will not have an opportunity and it's very hard to get mad at them, right? It's impossible for me to get angry at the 26-year-old who just graduated from school for not doing something for me after I introduced them to a recruiter. I would never even expect that to be a thing. But very rarely does somebody have an opportunity and then actively decide not to help me. It does happen. And when it does, those people go on my shit list and that's the end of it. But I really don't dwell on it because at the end of the day, that's a bad long-term strategy for them it really doesn't affect me. And the best thing to do is just let it go.
0: One of the things I love that you teach is to start with your existing network, which I I don't think a lot of people think that way. They think, oh, how do I network with someone who I haven't met yet? But Mm -hmm. you've got this really cool strategy that everybody can do with their phone. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah, so one of the things I do, there's two ways I do this. One is make a list of, let's say, 10 or 15 people that you wish you'd kept in touch with, but you haven't. And then reach out to those people now before you have any agenda or you need anything. So imagine you get laid off. It's called layoff lifelines because I'm very creative. Okay. (laughs) Imagine you get laid off, your business crumbles, whatever it is. Make a list of 15 people that you would reach out to when that happens. Then reach out to them right now, even though your business or your job or whatever it is has not crumbled, and rekindle that relationship. That's that's the beginning of digging the well before you get thirsty, right? Yeah. It's your old boss. It's your... College guidance, career counselor, whatever. It's the recruiter that you met at this thing. It's your friend's dad who was a successful business owner and is retired now. Those are the people that you know that are your sort of like dormant ties that you need to reactivate. Because if you call them when you need something, they're like, So you grew up with my kid. I guess I remember you, but now you need a job. Ugh, tough one. But if you did this a year ago and then something happened, they're like, Ah, right on. Yeah, I remember you. Sure, because you've kept in touch with them. It's not weird. And, and this has the bonus of not making—you know when you're like, oh, God, tail between my legs. I know I've got to ask for something, and it's incredibly awkward. Yeah, it's yeah. not awkward when you're asking a friend for something. It's awkward when you know damn well you should have dug that well and maintained that connection, but you didn't, and now you really need them. That's the awkward part. That desperation is the awkward part. Asking somebody you already know for a favor is really not that awkward. The other element, and I think the thing you're asking me about is— Every day, I call this connect four again because I'm very creative, is go to the <laughs> bottom of your text messages. That's where all those dead threads are, like yes. someone you had lunch with four years ago. And reconnect with four people from the bottom of the list. And if you don't have like any texts or you delete them, just do one person, five days a week, skip weekends, no big deal. All you're doing is reaching out and saying... Oh, hey, Chalene. It's been a really long time. We haven't talked. I had lunch with you at Cafe Gratitude in San Diego after some fitness con 2020, (laughs) whatever it is. I never really did a good job of keeping in touch with you. Just wanted to let you know I'm up in NorCal. I don't know if you live around here. Here's a picture of my kid. I'm busy changing diapers. Give me a a shout back when you get a chance. No rush. I realize you're busy.
0: So as simple as a text. Simple as a text.
1: 50 to 75 percent of the people will get back to you. 25% won't doesn't really matter. These were zero. You were not talking to these people before anyways. So everything is gravy. And when they do get back to you, you're not asking them for anything. You might even look at what you can do for them. If anything, again, doesn't have to be the case. But what this exercise does is one, it rekindles or re engages weak and dormant network ties that you didn't know you had that were Mm -hmm. otherwise dead. And the other thing that it does is A lot of people, when they start this process, they go, oh, man, people are going to think it's weird that I'm reaching out to them. They're going to be, like, freaked out or annoyed or whatever. What this exercise does is it shows you that almost everybody who replies is going to be like, oh, my God, hey, I've been meaning to write you for, like, forever. Or like, oh, yeah, I remember you. Didn't you have a podcast or something? How's that going? You're going to realize that people enjoy hearing from you just as you would enjoy hearing from them. Yeah. And if they don't ask you for anything... It's actually quite nice, and even if they're suspicious at first, that suspicion gradually melts away because you're not actually asking them for anything, and then if you get really lucky and you can help them out with an introduction or something else, then you've just done them a major solid, and they're going to love you for that, right? Like, I reach out to a total, well, I shouldn't say total stranger, but somebody I haven't talked to in years. I find out they're launching a new business about XYZ. I connect them to my friend who's a payment processor. Everybody's very happy about this. It didn't really cost me anything. Now I've got somebody who's like, man, that Jordan guy's pretty cool. I'm glad he texted me. And you see opportunity come back quite a bit. Like I'll get a text that says, hey, Jordan, do you still do paid speaking gigs? This is somebody maybe, this is a real example. Somebody I talked to probably three months ago via text. Yeah, sure. Pandemic sort of winding down, maybe kind of sort of. I could do something later in the summer. Fingers crossed, right? And they go, good. I'm walking into a sales meeting right now. We have to pick our keynote. I just wanted to throw your name in the hat. And by the way, thanks for this thing that I helped them out with very briefly, like literally an email about podcast stuff. So I got that speaking gig, and the pay was several. Let, let's say, okay, I'm just gonna say it was like it was, 15 grand plus travel to do to a place that I'm gonna work for an hour and then chill for like a whole weekend. So that's pretty damn good ROI for sending fun. a fricking text, yeah. right? Yeah, and and not everybody's gonna give you an opportunity, but. Let's say you text five people per week for a year. You've reengaged hundreds of people that you never would have spoken to again. And if you have a point three percent return on that, you've got one opportunity that's absolutely amazing out of that. The whole thing was worth it because it took you like four minutes a day, if that, to have these conversations.
0: And I guess it's probably obvious, but you're not going to text the people you're like, yeah, I never really liked that guy anyways. He's connected. No.
1: Skip your ex-girlfriends. Yeah, skip your ex-boyfriends, skip your ex-girlfriends, skip the boss that fired you after accusing you of stealing, even though you didn't. Like, yeah, skip those people. All right,
0: the obvious. Well, Jordan, this has been amazing. Where can people follow? Obviously, we're going to link to your podcast below, but where else do you connect with people?
1: Yeah, the Jordan Harbinger Show is my show. Anybody can DM me on Instagram. I answer all my email, jordan at jordanharbinger.com. But really, if you have questions about networking, the six-minute networking course, the free one, that's where people can post questions yeah and i know it's like free but no i don't actually sell anything at all so there's no upsell i'm not gonna like get your data and then hound you it's uh it's it's just in, in
0: alignment with your principles i mean yeah it is very generous yeah, And thank you and, so thank, and you've been very generous with your time. I just ask you a quick question. You're like, hey, l- let's jump on. We'll, we'll do it for the audience. So thank you because that too is in alignment with who you are. And thank you for always making me laugh. Every text I get oh, yeah. from you, you make me cry laughing. You should I be a that. comedian.
1: Well, if I fail <laughs> in podcasting, then I can go fail in comedy later. Yeah, I appreciate
0: that. All right, Jordan. Uh, thanks so much for your time. We'll yeah, see you pleasure. soon. Thank you. Bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview as much as I enjoyed having that conversation with him. And I really felt like that's what it was, also a little bit of therapy for me. I gotta do a better job of this. I think I've been, like I told Jordan, a little gun-shy. And there's some great people who I would like to reconnect with, and I need to do that. This was the perfect grounding conversation for me, like to understand, like, yes, it's not about social climbing. It's not about trying to create relationships Just within the certain network of people who can do this certain thing for me it's it's about building real relationship with people who are legitimately cool who i legitimately like and not because they can do something for me and i just have to remember not to take it personal when i fall for it you know what i'm saying do you feel me all right thanks so much for listening it is my goal to be brief to be bright to make it fun and then be done i hope you had fun today i sure did
2: If you enjoyed this show, please don't forget to make sure you're subscribed and following along. Build Your Tribe is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and most every podcast app. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to leave a five-star review and tell us specifically what you enjoyed. We'd love to know. Build Your Tribe is released every Tuesday and Thursday. From Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, Be sure to follow and subscribe to Shaleen's other podcast, The Shaleen Show. It's about living your best life, improving all areas like mindset, habits, relationships, nutrition, ADHD, fitness, self-care, sleep, and so much more. Links to anything referenced in today's episode, as well as show sponsors and other podcasts, can be found below in our show notes.